Update Zero Update for November 17th, 2019. I'm Fleetwood Mofo. I'm Patrick Mifflin. I'm Brandon Perkins. I'm Chris Sologi. And I'm Teresa Sanders. And you can totally tell that we're, we've hit the holiday season because uh, everything is coming out now. <laughs> yeah. All of the things, yes. Yeah. All of the things. And we're going to talk about a release. Uh, actually, let's just get right into it because it's coming out this week. Shenmue 3. Yeah. Uh, I, Doesn't it's... it feel weird that we're actually able to talk about this being a thing? Yeah. Yeah, it was always kind of ephemeral, and it's like something that it might still happen, it might not. But, you know, meanwhile, behind the scenes, everybody was, you know, nose to the grindstone actually getting it done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, Which is Yu Suzuki's way. Yeah. Yeah. And now this week, well, it comes out, and we get to see what all the fuss was about. <laughs> uh, it's, it's It'll be interesting to see how much they modernized it, if anything. Uh, but, no, they they need to uh, after everything that the Yakuza franchise has done over the years. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of took that ball and ran with it, and I'm expecting uh, Shenmue Three to be kind of a blend of old style Shenmue and everything that Yakuza has done. Yeah, uh, it's uh, and hopefully be... with better voice acting. Yeah, no well, and, uh, and better sound quality on the voice acting because I. I took in about two hours of the original game a few nights ago just because I'm poking around for things to play. I'll get to that in a minute. And, oh, my God, anytime someone speaks, you just get this kind of scratchy, lo-fi kind of, like, artifacting but for sound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's compression artifacting. There's they, actually a story behind that. Well, I'm, I'm sure it had to do with the Dreamcast storage limitations. Yeah, there was the there. That's the the reason. But uh, interestingly enough, the uh, Japanese voice acting was uh, actually a little bit higher quality, so it didn't have as much of that. But for some reason, it's when there. they poured, it's there, but it's not as as prevalent. Uh, but when they ported it over to the the West, um, they kind of turned the settings up a little bit and got to got to get the file sizes smaller. And well, that's yeah, yeah. But what really sucks is that they never kept the original files. Nope. Yeah, so in this remake, uh, well, remaster that they did, they couldn't do anything about it. They were stuck with what they had, because back then, I guess, they just weren't thinking about, you know, ever re-releasing the game. Honestly, I would have just thrown my hands into the air and uh, declared a redub. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, It would have been costly, but... uh... It would have been costly, but this is just... God awful. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, but yeah, this week we get to because see... it's not, it's not. Do you know where I can find any sailors? It's do you know where I can find any sailors? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh. Yeah, yeah, with a little Charlie Brown uh, teacher. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Was, uh, for for good. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully that's not something we're going to get this week with uh, the release of Shenmue 3, um, given the, the... Oh, they got no excuse. Yeah, nope. well, yeah, storage is cheap these days, so, you know, even if you're putting it on a Blu-ray, you still got 25 gigs uh, to work with for a single-layer Blu-ray. Yeah, so. the, well, the only excuse they would possibly have is if they had actually done the dub for Shenmue 3 back when the series was previously in development. Yeah. And just use the archive files, and that's ve- that. That would be a very fringe excuse too. I, I, it would be a hard one to accept. But yeah, I, I think at this point, since they're basically redoing the whole the whole game from scratch, 
it kind of makes sense that they would re- do all of the all of the voice dubbing and stuff stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, it's I, I'm I don't know. I, I want to play it, and I probably will end up playing it. Yeah, it um it is a staple of what I felt was a was very much a golden age of gaming. Yeah. And if they can capture that same kind of energy, and I did enjoy the the time that I spent with the original game recently, um, I may stick to I, I may continue that save. In fact, um, in the coming days, but yeah, it, yeah, it just feels good to be playing that kind of game again, and with that kind of atmosphere that doesn't really get captured today. Yeah, um, yeah, and also. You know, it's like uh, this is probably going to be part of my Christmas this year. Mm. Um, it's a good part. Yeah, because uh, Shinmu was the game I got uh, for Christmas when I got my Dreamcast. So nice. Um, but yeah, uh, and I remember when I first played it, getting legit overwhelmed by it because yeah, I mean that was like legit like the first major like open world game I'd ever played that. It- it takes place in such a small rural area, but they've crammed so goddamn much into it that you didn't really notice. Uh-huh. Yeah, and the game actually demands a lot of you. Uh, it's, yes, it's, it's like there's there's some folks uh, who really hate it because the game doesn't respect your time. Uh, that's what they say. Uh, but I was a testament to that back in the day. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. Uh, Phil, I know you remember, Teresa, you probably remember when the game first came out and I reviewed it for Game Addicts, mm-hmm. and I pretty much sat down and mainlined it for five straight days mm-hmm. to get the review out. And so, um, yeah, now that I'm now that we're talking about it here, I think I will uh, just continue with this save that I have going now because I'm not under the gun to, to wrap it up for a review, and I never really did go back and give it a proper playthrough. Um after I plowed through it the first time for the review, so yeah, that that was an interesting week. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say, <laughs> yeah, you were pretty much unreachable that week. It's like... uh, I had ICQ open, and I remember there was a lot of coffee involved, <laughs> but um, yeah, it was not my finest hour. <laughs> <laughs> but, I think it was also the first game I ever gave a perfect score to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but it, it's weird because, uh, I mean, a game like that can get a perfect score, but every one of us will admit that it's not a flawless game. No. Yeah. 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 That control scheme alone is... <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I think uh, that was um, Sega hardware division's fault for going with such a limited controller. Yeah. I, I think Yu Suzuki's hands were tied with what he could, how much he could do with it. Yeah, he did the best he could with what he had. I mean, eh, the analog right. triggers for uh, you know uh, forward momentum. Uh, yeah, it, it worked. I mean, you did have uh, some control over how fast you were gonna gonna go, and it, you know, for what it was, it did it did the job. It just yeah. wasn't ideal. It does feel so much better on a DualShock Four, though. Yeah. So uh, that's the releases for this week. And uh, as for stuff we've been playing, well, still playing PC Building Simulator over here. Um, hit the level cap. I've I've maxed out. I can't go any further now. Um, so about 300 hours is where I'm at. 
Uh, I can still keep doing jobs, and I may uh, I would may continue doing that, and before I start a new save for uh, to get screenshots for the review and stuff like that. But uh, apart from that, uh, I've been doing PC troubleshooting, which you know I kind of wish real life was more like PC Building Simulator because then uh, all I would have to do is uh, pull all the parts from my computer and look for the big all caps label that said broken, and then I could mm. I, w- I would know exactly what I needed to fix. Uh, That's the next thing we need in computer hardware. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hardware that just tells you what straight up is wrong with it. Uh, But we don't have that, so I've spent the basically the last part of two weeks trying to figure out why my computer was hard locking, and it turns out it was a hardware issue. Unfortunately, the hardware was not actually in the computer; it was uh, attached to it. My UPS. Yeah. Yep, yeah. one of the last things you would ever freaking mm-hmm. suspect, and there it is. Yeah, uh, it, and it's uh, it's one of those tools that you know you know you, you never think about it until you either you know the power goes out and your computer is still running, which is a nice benefit, uh, mm-hmm. or when stuff starts going really weird. And I should have thought of it sooner because uh, I was having uh, problems with. Uh, USB 3.0 uh, external hard drives that I had plugged into it, the, the desktop ones that require their own power supply. Mm-hmm. Those would just drop off uh, for no apparent reason. They would just go, like, power themselves down and then power back up. And I'm like, yeah, if it happens once, it's like, yeah, okay, that's a fluke. But it started happening more often, and uh, then the computer started freezing, and I'm like, wait a minute. Um, there's something wrong See, here. Mm. They, all those... First instinct is, yeah, some software's wrong. Yeah. I I would have looked at the UPS dead last as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like a, any reasonable person would. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this UPS will be uh, uh, probably going to uh, recycling soon. Uh, yeah. Because even if I do change the batteries, given that it's not an online UPS, that's not going to help. Uh, online UPS is run off of the battery all the time. Uh, and then mm-hmm. they just uh, do the voltage regulation from uh, from the battery. Uh, but an offline UPS will run off the mains uh, with a little bit of uh, of cleaning up. And, uh, yeah, if it starts uh, overvolting or undervolting or just doing weird things with the power, uh, computers don't like that too much. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's where I am at now. So how about you, Pat? I still haven't settled on any one game yet. Um a lot of the um, a lot of the people I regularly play Final Fantasy fourteen with haven't hit me up, so um, I've been away from that for the first time, uh, basically since I started um, MGP wow. grinding for the car and for the Garo sets. So um, yeah, I should probably check into NHL twenty for the um, weekly challenges and what have you, but. Uh, yeah, I, um, there was that couple hours with Shenmue that, um, that I mentioned earlier and, oh, hey, I'm starting it up now. Um, (laughs) so that's a thing. Um, I'll probably go back to Romancing Saga 2 and, um, get it finished up before I can buy three on Friday. So, yeah, it's coming together. Mm -hmm. Cool. Thanks. Alright, uh, as for me, uh, still Death Stranding. Um, I think I'm close to the 
I started episode seven um, last night, and I think there's about nine to ten episodes total. Um, so I think I'm getting close to the end. But, yeah, I mean, this game still manages to just be incredibly engaging and fun, even though it's really just the most mundane of tasks that you're doing. You know, you're literally just taking packages to one place. You're a delivery dude. That's all you are. (laughs) Um, And, like, a big part of it is, you know... The collaborative aspect where you're basically like leaving pieces of equipment behind for other players to use so it makes the traversal a little bit easier. Um, but that's not just stuff like ladders and climbing anchors and stuff like that, but you also end up like building bridges and there's like this highway system that you help repair so that you can like just drive from one part of the world to the other. Um, and the best part about that is that the highway comes with a power grid built into it. So as long as you're driving in the center, you're not losing any fuel. Hmm. Um, yeah, and then there's also zip lines uh, that you also end up building later on, which makes the latter part of the game much easier because it's mountainous. Hmm. Uh, there's lots and lots of mountains, um, and not just regular video game mountains. I mean like sheer cliffs and parallel slopes, stuff like that. Um, stuff that is not easy to traverse, even in the best of times. Um, you can also like build uh, what they call reverse tricycles, which sounds less epic than it actually is. It's basically uh, electric-powered motorcycles that have like two wheels in the front. Yeah. Um, and there's also like trucks that are electric, electrically built that you can use to uh, not only to traverse one end to the other more easier without having to deal with like you know the weather and everything but also you can use it to like you know pack up those gigantic like nine piece orders that you'll end up having to ship later on in the game um and yeah it's just legitimately amazing how kojima managed to take a very just a very mundane idea and somehow make it so good so much and so engaging to play yeah and that's the thing i genuinely do love playing this game and yet there's a part of the gaming world that is absolutely convinced that there's some big conspiracy of people you know like we're all bots or something (laughs) yeah oh my yeah some people are just really really well up their own asses uh, yeah you're seeing the same thing happen with the new pokemon yes uh-huh yeah and i'm going to it's going to be really interesting to see what the online world of death stranding looks like this time next year oh yeah yeah because this is all stuff that's it's progressing all- it, it seems mm-hmm. uh, and persisting so it you know i'm i'm wondering if kojima thought of that where uh you end up with a single player game in in one sense uh but if you take it online then you end up with uh what amounts to an example of what happens when people actually come together for a common cause and the the result of that it's it's a fascinating idea i got I have yeah. to hand it to well he did think that. of it but the thing you also have to remember is that remember uh all of the uh online stuff is done on uh, a random group of shared servers yeah 
And also, I mentioned when I first started playing this, the time fall aspect, which is when the rain that makes stuff age rapidly. Right. Yeah, it affects everything in the world, including the stuff you leave behind for other players. Oh, so it's so yeah, it's not there forever. The time fall will eventually get rid of it. Yeah, yeah I want to say it's like two weeks or so, mm-hmm. people are thinking. Hmm. Yeah, it's still then conceptually, this is a game that is going to require a lot of long-term support. Yeah. More or less, yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much me. So, Chris, what about you? Uh, yeah, so I managed to get into the xCloud beta mm-hmm. uh, on my other phone based on what their like settings were for signing up. Uh did not fit any of their uh, qualifications. So uh managed to get – all you have to do is just get the app. I think it's called like Xbox streaming app or something like that. Uh, I'm going to – check that real quick what it's called uh yeah xbox game streaming uh you sign in with your account verifies that you're uh the one that's supposed to be in the beta and then you have to figure out how to connect a a controller to it uh so i tried the xbox one controller uh and it shows up on my bluetooth but it would not let me in it would say invalid passcode something like that yeah like what the fuck does that mean i if you want Xbox One controllers to work on Android phones, need Android Pi or later. Uh, yeah. Well, there's an app that helps with this. Yeah. Uh, that I found. Uh, it's probably stealing all my data, but uh, it helped me at least try this out for a bit. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I'm probably going to end up looking into a USB cable to plug my controller into the phone yeah. uh, for the future. But uh, yeah, I got it working uh, thanks to some Googling. Yeah. Uh, from other people uh, helping out. Mine's on 7.0 right now. Yeah. So that's kind of where it's at. Uh, and this was just after the XO19 uh, conference, so I guess they added some more stuff uh, as of that. Uh, so it was like Madden on there. I tried out Rad, the the Double Fine game. Uh, what else did I try? Uh, I tried Hitman because like, well, if we're gonna try fucking streaming, we're gonna try some shit that needs it and the number one issue is the controls were completely messed up uh like y was actually on x pause was on either shoulder button stuff like this which made the games uh, impossible to play uh there's no way to remap buttons on this Hmm. in the app which seems like a big issue um probably Uh, yeah uh because i could not i could not use the right stick so hitman i just when I loaded into the map, that was the only way I could look. Uh, same with the rat. I couldn't uh, talk to anybody, talk to the person I needed to actually start. Hmm. So, yeah, it was like, okay, well, that sucks. I don't know if it's just from the app that lets me sync it uh, or what, but, yeah, it was uh, not working the way it should. And the the loading in took a good bit, like 30, 40 seconds. Hmm. Uh, to start the game, uh, sometimes a bit more because it, it seemed like it had to spin up like a server for that uh, instance of the game, uh, something like that. Uh, but with Hitman, it managed to pull in my save from the Xbox. So there's that. Uh, though just getting into the game was also a pain in the butt because the controls weren't uh, what they're supposed to be. Yeah, I think that's so, yeah. probably a, a question of that particular app. Is, uh... 
Yeah. Uh, I know that in the uh, with Android Pie, uh, it has native Xbox One Bluetooth support, so the, the controller yeah. just maps. Um, DualShock 3s and 4s uh, work on Android 7, so you might give it yeah. a try. Yeah, I'll have to see what I can do for that. Yeah. Uh, give it another shot, but yeah, for the 30 minutes, it was uh, the thing seemed to run okay. Uh, I'm not near the, the router, so uh, I got a couple hitches and here and there and all that kind of stuff. So it felt like that, you know, it's very much a beta. Uh, so it just felt like, okay, that's kind of what I expected. Mm. Just to kind of, you know, not be perfect in any way uh, and have some issues. So uh, I was kind of hoping they would have that stuff on, like be able to do that on the console or PC or whatever. Mm. Some sort of, not just phone uh, version of this, but it did weirdly have like a, Hey, we can stream to your console thing hmm. in the app. But then it's like it's going to take like five minutes. And I'm like, I don't have the time to sit here with uh, watch this thing. Uh, tell me it's supposedly doing something, even though it's not really explaining what it's doing. Hmm. Uh, that could also be improved in the app. Is like, just tell me what is going to be happening here. Because hmm. uh, sometimes they're vague with that stuff. Uh, but it, yeah, I'll try it out some more in a bit when I can get maybe a good USB cable to just simplify the process of connecting it. Because mm. it's more annoying with Xbox because they don't let you sync controllers with anything else uh, than just make it easily work back with the Xbox. You're going to have to resync it with everything you want to use it with. Yeah. Uh, whereas with, the, with the, the DualShock 4, I just plug it in and it works and I can also use the PS4 without any further like syncing. Uh, that sort of stuff, but uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. I streamed Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order yesterday, uh, and that game just keeps getting better. Uh, as you get more uh, moves and abilities unlocked, uh, the action just starts coming into its own uh, in a really good way. That uh, I was on the second planet and uh, got the force push uh, ability. So I can actually start just opening up these alternate paths that I've been seeing throughout the that whole area is telling me like, okay, we're going to be getting this at some point here. Uh, and sort of, uh, let's see, I unlocked the uh, a good like run attack. As you come out of this deck, you, uh, attack, you kind of do a, a swing lightsaber strike. Uh, but along with that, uh, by the end of the stream, I got this ability uh, that my guy just automatically deflects uh, laser shots mm. at him as he's running. And so that really sets that up as a, a great move to just storm into people, uh, uh, stormtroopers and such that you fight. And uh, yeah, it's it's been getting a lot better. Uh, still some frame rate issues here and there. Nothing really too bad. Uh, but yeah, this game's sort of growing from just being like Star Wars Dark Souls to kind of being its own like Star Wars action game. Oh, yeah. But with those... Uh, those trimmings of you know having the the bonfire, uh, and some of that sort of stuff to it, because uh, I was fighting some uh, these tower guardians, and you when you get them uh, to a certain point, they go for this attack, and you kind of force push their like power core out of them, hmm. and just wail on them for some extra damage. It's like some really cool stuff that they use this stuff for. Uh, but yeah, I am continuing to play that and really liking it. Uh, it just needs uh, some more performance updates. 
uh, to kind of get that where it needs to be. But yeah, the story stuff they're doing is pretty cool too. Uh, your character is kind of a, a former Jedi uh, uh, Padawan for one of the masters that uh, was killed with the Order 66. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of coming back to uh, the Force after kind of shutting himself off uh, just for self-preservation uh, uh, sake. Because uh, you're uh, at the beginning, kind of working at, at a scrapyard, essentially mm-hmm. tearing down uh, Empire ships uh, that have been decommissioned. And uh, he kind of, uh, uh, an Inquisitor kind of shows up, who are the uh, the Empire, a uh, group of Empire uh, Force users that can, they're sent around to finish off Jedis that are still alive after Order 66 went out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and your guy kind of gets found out, and you kind of have to run off and get saved by these two uh, uh, people that are kind of trying to start the the Jedi Order again. And you're kind mm-hmm. of on the trail of uh, a former, or potentially former, uh, Jedi Master who has like left uh, information about Force sensitive users that could potentially be good candidates for Jedi uh, training, all that sort of stuff. Uh, and so, kind of, uh, uh, got some good characters in here. That uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how that grows as well. Um, also played Remnant from the Ashes, the the most generic, German, uh, generically named game of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was put on Game Pass the other day, so I hopped in and checked it out. Played the tutorial area, and so far it's been pretty cool. This is from the Darksiders people. Yep. Uh, that studio uh, before they got purchased outright by THQ Nordic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they made this kind of third-person shooter-style uh, Dark Souls game that is uh, has some of the the aspects of you know getting these checkpoints where if you die you go back to that uh, and you lose you have to go pick up your uh, experience again uh, that sort of stuff. But uh, I just got through the tutorial area and uh, I'm liking it so far. Uh, it looks pretty nice and it has like a Diablo aspect to it mm-hmm. uh, where you're kind of getting loot uh, loot dropped. Uh, kind of managing like what uh, power that stuff is, uh, trying you know get better, and sometimes I'll have just cool perks to it. Uh, and from what I've seen, like the the campaign itself is kind of uh, somewhat randomly generated in a sense. Like it has different uh, sections that'll kind of uh, pick at random. Like you're going through here, and so people have different experiences uh, going through the campaign uh, in terms of like. Uh, what bosses they fight first or uh, last and all that. So you kind of team up with people and like, oh, I went through here and got uh, this cool thing. And you're like, oh, I didn't see that. I went through this other way. Uh, it kind of does a cool little aspect of that. That, uh, that'll that be the stream tonight is uh, Remnant, kind of checking that out. I've uh, been playing more Sparklight, uh, which is the cool like Zelda roguelike uh, game. I've uh, been getting... Uh, I'm kind of at the point where I'm kind of just grinding before going back into the fourth uh, fourth area, the the Shifting Sands, I think it's called, uh, which is just really hard because uh, enemies do a lot of damage and they take uh, a lot of damage as well. Uh, so I'm kind of going through, unlocking some stuff in the the, the airship base. Uh, I just uh, opened up uh, uh, some more stuff in the tools. So I got two more tools, uh, one that shrinks me. Uh, so there's some pipes I've been finding that go to some secret areas, and uh, I need that Shrinkinator for that. 
Uh, and another one's just a another like weapon sort of tool they use to activate things uh, from longer distance. Uh, it's called like a spark buster or something like that. It's like a uh, a spark uh, rocket launcher kind of thing. Uh, so yeah, that continues to be really fun. Uh, I think it's on sale uh, most places for uh, a few more days here, but uh, so far it's kind of becoming one of my favorite games of the year because uh, it's kind of just it's kind of like Rogue Legacy where you're kind of not losing uh, much progress when you die because uh, you're keeping your gold, uh, which here is called Sparklight. Uh, and you're using that to upgrade uh, facilities in the uh, in the base camp, and uh, as well as uh, buying stuff for your uh, buying patches to upgrade your character, that sort of stuff. Uh, that's just been a lot of fun. I've also been playing some more Luigi's Mansion Three. Uh, managed to get to another boss fight, which was in the uh, music floor. Uh, so this is like this Beethoven style ghost that's playing a uh, piano. And uh, then he hops into it and it just starts trying to slam you over and over again. Uh, I managed to die once, but I had a gold bone, so uh, the ghost dog uh, helped revive me so I could continue on. Uh, so that is definitely a good investment. Is uh, Once you get to buy stuff, you can buy these bones that just give you a quick revive so you don't have to start a fight over again like that. But yeah, making some good progress in that as well. And that's been kind of it. How about you, Teresa? Well, I um, have been playing Final Fantasy XIV as of this morning. So, Pat, um, you're going to get hit up for a little bit of help this week, I'm sure. <laughs> so, trying to get through, um, you know, more of the main story uh, line. I made it to, um, gosh, I forgot the name of the city, but it's a city of excess. And boy, is it a, is it a piece of shit. Um, <clears throat> has a little too many parallels in uh, modern day what could be, you know, right around the corner. Um, but I was also in Kentucky this past week and, uh, it's a little hard to play when you're down there, but I still played a little bit of kingdom two crowns just to, you know, let off a little bit of pressure and, uh, played Pogo, um, more, even though now that I'm at level 40, I'm like, Hmm, what do I do? Well, I, you know, you go to community day, you get the special raid for the special wheezing, wearing a suit, um, but when I was down in Kentucky, you know, it was, it was dark, it was snowy, everybody was losing their goddamn minds because, ah, snow, ice. And I was going around getting some of the few stops in that little itty bitty town. I did not go into the cemetery. I'm not a superstitious person, but it was just spooky, so I didn't go. <laughs> I just didn't go. I went on the outside of the cemetery, though. And, um, then I also, uh, my my phone suggested uh, another mobile game for me this morning called Two Dots, and I kind of like that. Let's see if I'm still playing it in a week, but it's a pretty good little strategy puzzle game. Um, it's free on Android, at least. I don't know if it's free on iOS or even avail- available on iOS, but fun little thing. Um, you know, like, waste a good hour this morning playing it. <laughs> but that As you do. Yeah, you know. But that's pretty much it. I have not been playing Pokemon Sword or Shield because we have not bought it. And uh, if you hear my son talk, you think they were not going to buy it because Game Freak's the devil. And I'm sure we'll <laughs> we'll be getting to that later. Is he asking for Trump to take the, the game off of store shelves? 
No, no, but he's totally he's totally buying into the the outrage um that everybody's having online and Now know. what's this whole story exactly? Uh they say well, it looks like shit. Uh-huh. The animation is uh, lackluster. Um there's the whole Dexit thing, which is like Brexit because they didn't bring in the entire national Pokedex. Um they left out like half of the Pokemon. And like, I things can like understand the, yeah. the salt there. Right. Yeah. And they said that it was because they didn't have enough resources to completely ground up, rebuild the uh, animations and the character models. But people went in and started data mining right before it came out. And they're using old uh, character models and shit. So, yeah. everybody's shady. Yeah, and, you know, so Game Freak did lie, and, you know, the whole thing is, it may not be Game Freak's entire decision. There's probably pressure from other business sources, Nintendo, whatnot, so people really are losing their shit online, and it's a big fire. Well, if it's Nintendo, they need to be drawn in quarter two. Well, yeah, it could be, but... Yeah, but people single out Game Freak on that, way it's like, yeah, no, you guys... Mm-hmm. You guys yeah. are just angry because it's not the super huge open world thing you expected. Except yeah. that this is still kind of a they're still working the way from 3ds to Switch to HD development. Right, I never really had to do that before. I mean, you can you can kind of like speed run this in less than 20 hours, um, or if you take your time, it's like a 40 hour game. So. Yeah it's pretty much the same as what I remember all of the uh, handheld um, games being. Yep. You know, 30, 40 hours, depending on what you do. You can go through it a little bit quicker, a little bit less. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of people who really are pretty pissed off about it. But on the other hand, there's a lot of people who don't give two shits. No. They just want to play a new Pokemon game. So we don't have all 800 Pokemon I don't think I care. You know, and my kid is completely outraged about it. And I'm kind of like, fuck it, man. I just want to play a new Pokemon game. Yeah. And I mean, well, it also depends on the price they're asking. So if it's a $60 game instead of like, you know, a $35, $40 game, eh, that might be different. But you guys know me, man. I'm a cheap ass. I put a hold in at the library and I'm going to wait for it to come in through them. (laughs) So. Yeah, like if people want it cheaper, Walmart has it for fifty bucks at launch. Yeah, like they have for all the Switch games. Yeah, but in in defense of voting with your with your wallet, you know, yeah, maybe you just don't buy it then. Maybe you borrow it from a friend, borrow yeah. it from the library. Um, I don't think that it's worth just you know completely taking the game out and shooting it in the head and leaving it to die. Um, yeah, trying to harass devs, threaten them, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, they're they're really being very overbearing towards Game Freak. And yeah, mm-hmm. Game Freak didn't live up to what they said they were going to do or why they did it. Um, they're kind of caught in their lie. But I think that they need a chance to say why this happened, explain their their actions and whether or not people are going to understand that, you know, the, the you have to make compromises when you're making right. games. And the stakeholders yep. wanted their fucking money and they wanted their Christmas money right goddamn now. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, honestly, that's probably where it's going to come to. But you can't explain that. Well, maybe you can explain that to a 12 year old. I certainly have tried. But, you know, he's very much feeding into the, you know, the, the online. As long as he doesn't get to the other side of YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> this part. No, let's not go there. Yeah. But, you know, he's he's got the moral outrage because they lied. And OK, that's fine. That's but valid. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, is the game let's good, though? No, not really, no. probably. <laughs> but, I mean, I haven't played it. And I haven't been watching any playthroughs either. Hmm. Um, I started watching Dan TDM playing, and, you know, he was running around his house, and his house was super fucking cute. Um, it looks beautiful. It's based on England, so there was a cup of tea on the coffee table. Uh-huh. And I'm going to play it, you guys. I'm seriously going to fucking play it, but I'm not shelling out 60 bucks to play it right now. Yeah. So... That's my take on it. And you know what? If the game makes it into the house, I think there's a 12-year-old that's going to play it, too. Probably. Yeah. (laughs) That's where you get to uh, troll him about it. Yeah. Right? Well, And he also needs to take a look at it and experience it before he starts taking everybody else's opinions and allowing them to be his own. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Hello. Let's have a little. uh... Yeah. Let's have a little more of that gaming community. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, that I mean, I think that's pretty much the the gist of uh, the you know the game freak lied and and all of the other Twitter hashtags that are going on right now. Yeah, things people need to realize is that developers are made of actual people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're not gods or deities or anything. They make mistakes, all that sort of stuff. You need to allow them to at least make mistakes. Like you don't have to like pay for games if they make mistakes that you don't like or anything. But you need to not vilify people for the smallest things. Yeah. That's like, so oh my god, the characters pop in when they're 200 feet away from you. It's fucking yeah. Pokemon. You're not doing anything with people 200 feet in front of you. <laughs> well, and it's like I pointed out yesterday when we were talking about it. I said, look, the developers generally want to do the best they can for gameplay. But they have other people leaning on them and other people making decisions for them that aren't necessarily going to make the best call gameplay-wise. They're going to make business decisions. Yeah, And those are the people we need to put the screws to. We really do. We really do. And, you know, we we don't need to browbeat uh, the actual people writing the code at Game Freak. You know, they they didn't... They they wanted it to be as good as it possibly could. Of course they did. They worked on it for how many years now? Uh, As a sort of (laughs) part-time indie developer in my own right, nobody sets out to make a turd. No, no. So, and sometimes there's just issues out of your control. Yeah. Absolutely. Whether it's yeah. engine related or just decisions come to light that you come figure out later on, like, oh, that wasn't the greatest thing we could have done. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, they, they can maybe go back later in in an update and put in more Pokemon out of the Pokedex. Right now, they, you know, or, or I guess like prior to the release, they said they weren't going to do it. They had no plans of doing it. You know, maybe that's something that they do after the the big outrage. Yeah. And if nothing else, they've got a solid base to build on from already yeah. now. So, uh-huh. you know, yeah. you gotta, you gotta look at all sides of it and, you know, realize there's decisions that had to be made for, Reasons that we we weren't privy to. So exactly, yeah. and I think that's the difference between forty year old gamers and and twelve year old gamers. Yeah. So and Twitter, but yeah, exactly. Uh, and twelve year old gamers grow into forty year old gamers. Twitter, no, 
not so much. <laughs> and, and then there's my situation where I'm coming at it from a different angle entirely, where I really haven't played since Heart Gold Soul Silver. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking for the game that's going to draw me back in, and this doesn't look like it's going to be it, even though I'm one of the ones who've been chomping at the bit for a proper console, turn-based Pokemon game um, pretty much since the originals came out. Yeah. Um, I just don't think a, a partial Pokedex is going to be the, Not, the thing that yeah. draws me in. I would say for now, turn back to uh, Let's Go Pikachu or Let's Go Eevee. And I, I, I want nothing to do with those either. No? Nope. You're just going to play the originals if you want to play the originals? Yeah. Hmm. I, I like my Pokemon the way it's been pretty much since the beginning. Yeah. And, and l- until they just take that and blow it up to the to the Switch. Yeah. Then... You, know, you just play I'm the good. old ones, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I haven't yeah. even been playing the old ones lately. I, I've just been living a Pokemon-free existence. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, man. All right, so let's uh, move on to uh, some other stories, because uh, we kind of covered the Pokemon already. Yeah. Um, so Google Stadia, much to nobody's surprise, is going to launch with uh, hardly any of its mainline features, uh, and with a list of games that is about uh, 12 long. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so speaking of getting it out in time for the holidays. Yeah, so there's a lot of like uh really good uh features missing that uh definitely shows that this is like a beta launch. Uh that they're making people pay for early access to it. Uh so yeah, they're missing Stream Connect, State Share and Crowd Play. Uh the main features that allow players to join in one another's game and make Stadia more than just a glorified remote play. So everything they advertised in their initial launch. Yeah, they say they're expecting the first game with Stream Connect to launch by the end of the year. Because there's like another like dozen or so games coming out by the end of the year. Mm. Uh, the game support state share and crowd play will be released next year. So it seems like it's going to be on a game by game basis, mm. and none of these ones uh, initially are going to have it. Yeah. Uh, their Stadia uh, achievement system, as far as the notifications. Uh, and display stuff. Uh, it says they will still record uh, when you get them in games, but you won't see the you won't get notifications or see them displayed anywhere until shortly after launch. Uh, let's see the ability to use existing, yeah, uh, the ability to use existing Chromecast Ultras to play games. Uh, only the ones that ship with the Stadia controllers will have the updated firmware required to stream games. So that's a, a pretty small uh, set of that. I think. I think the phone that it's allowed to be on is just the Pixel 4. Yep. Uh, so the amount of uh, – and no no PC play, I think, no TV play otherwise than the stuff that's mentioned here. Hmm. Uh, oh, so, yeah. my God. Why the uh, fuck are they bothering? Yeah, do they have any idea of what's at stake here? Well, they're testing all this stuff out. Yeah, but they're trying anyway. people to test it. That's the yeah. problem. And dressing it uh, up as a launch. They're making this the first impression. Yeah. yeah. I hope that the people that are uh, the, the founders' versions are getting some extra stuff as a result of this stuff, these issues. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Family sharing. Uh, parents will be able to control what the kids can access on their accounts. Multiple people in the same house won't be able to share games on the service until later on. Uh, they say it's a high-priority feature, planning to launch early next year. Uh, buddy passes are not in there. Uh, the Founders Edition Stadia is supposed to come with buddy passes. 
so that people can give a friend a three-month Stadia subscription to play games with them. Those passes won't actually be sent out until weeks after launch. Uh, about two weeks after you receive your bundle, barring some unknown, unknowns popping up. Uh, this is one of the worst launches I've heard of in a long time. No, yeah. this they're doing to um, cloud-based gaming what Nintendo did to virtual reality back in the 90s. <laughs> they're just... Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be a lot of people's first impression of the format. Yeah. 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 Well, not a lot, I don't think. Hmm. Yeah. And also the Stadia controller for some people. Uh, Everyone who pre ordered Stadia will get their codes to sign onto the service starting November 19th and will be able to play on their phones or Chrome desktop browser, the keyboard and mouse. However, the packages containing the controllers and Chromecast will have staggered shipping set on order in the order pre orders were received. Uh, wow. I said I ordered my Stadia Founders Edition in June, and my delivery date says November 20th to 21st. Uh, they also had an AMA, which did not go well. Because uh, I think the one of the guys like, you know, I could deliver it personally uh, for people that are in, like, southern L.A. or southern California. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the actual delivery date will depend on the mail truck, traffic lights, etc. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe the Stadia controller also cannot be used over Wi-Fi. No, it has to be on uh, the broadcast. Are you fucking kidding? So they don't have the Wi-Fi aspect of the the, con- the Stadia controllers no. uh, working yet. Yeah. So that like the games like are all stuff that's already available except for the one exclusive. Yeah, guilt. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. And sort of the notion that you have to pay full price for the games. Yeah. Because uh, even the subscription service. As far as they've said, only has Destiny, the complete collection. Yeah, that's all you get. Uh, as part of it. So there's not like a Game Pass or PlayStation Now like library of games that you get with it, uh, at least for the time being. Yeah, they said there uh, would be, but it's not something that they've uh, committed yeah. to. Hmm. They haven't like said like they're going to add stuff regularly, like what the like when that's going to be, when stuff is going to be added, that kind of thing. So it seems like you're just at the whim of when they get the deals done. To add stuff to it. They they really are doing to cloud gaming what Nintendo did to VR. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yep. it is a one to one parallel. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Microsoft this... is doing X Cloud, and they're like, "Yeah, this is something we're working on. It's uh, it's still a beta. Give it a try. Let us know if there's problems. Uh, we're going to give you a bunch of free games so you can put, that you can try out on the, on the service while we get things sorted out." I think well, that's I mean... a much better approach. Mm-hmm. You got to yeah. admit, I mean, yeah, pretty much. Google, Google's really ramping it up and they're excelling. I mean, it took them about six phone launches to really just gut the entire uh, product. And <laughs> they're managing to do it on cloud gaming on their very first launch. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats to that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Jesus Christ. They, they probably need to just stick to their browser. I mean, yeah. Fuck. Um... Nobody's buying their uh, their speakers anymore. Nobody wants the Pixel Four. Mm. It's a fucking shit storm. And now this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you want to kill, if you want to kill a format, be the first out of the gate with it and completely skull fuck the launch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Hmm. Wow. Sound Nintendo familiar. set VR back twenty years. It really <laughs> yeah. did. What's this going to do to the cloud gaming? Yeah. Well, I think it'll be okay because. PlayStation Now is already doing uh, – it works pretty well. Uh, yeah, xCloud, it, we're just still just waiting for the details to come in, like when it's going to yeah. launch and all the – like what kind of pay stuff is attached to it. Yeah. 
Speaking of, uh, Project xCloud, uh, they kind of announced that the uh, PC client for that is going to be coming out a little bit uh, early next year. Uh, so they're going to get that rolling. Uh, and, uh, yeah, they're adding some more stuff to the service as well over time. So uh, it seems like that that is actually progressing, and it seems like Microsoft is working on actually making this service baked before it launches. Uh, yeah. Instead of charging people detail. to, yeah, you know, make... <laughs> to, to write it out with them. Oh, jeez. I just... It, it's, you what can see the two different approaches, yeah. And it's... Uh, I, I think Microsoft is going to actually end up winning out here uh, because while everybody... You know, first impressions are very important. Uh, it's... You, you saw it with uh, a whole bunch of games that launched in, like, disastrous states and then nobody ever came back to them when they actually eventually did get fixed. Uh, this is going to be a, an issue with, with Stadia. It's going to launch. It's going to have no features. It's not going to work well. And people are like, yeah, this cloud gaming thing is not really for, for yep. me. And they'll never go back to it. Yeah. So, History repeating itself. Yeah. Mm. Well, Phil, Phil Harrison, um, we, we remember he was at the helm of Sony for the uh, disastrous uh, PS3 launch. That was great. Yep. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, other news. Uh, I still, I still lay that one at Kudaragi's feet. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think it was actually higher up than Kudaragi at the time. Either way, uh, so we got some news from Microsoft. Uh, this is actually pretty interesting in that, uh, you know, according to Phil Spencer, they're actually still very much interested in aggressively pursuing the, pursuing new markets, including Asia and, uh, maybe more Japanese development studios. Um, yep. Uh, this came out of, um, XO19, and I'm all for it. I I just hope they redevelop a concept of exclusives because, um, really, just being being the amicable one in the in the field isn't really getting the job done for them. Mm-hmm. So I, I you know I don't want the jackassery, the acrimony of the 16-bit wars to come back, but. I think Microsoft has zeroed in on a certain kind of philosophy, a certain kind of identity to the point that they've, um, that they're just ignoring everything else that they need to do to get that strong foothold that they had in seventh gen. And well, I think, you know, for Microsoft, I think their concept of exclusively is exclusive to Microsoft platforms. And for them, it's, it's kind of interesting because they've got two. They've got Xbox and they've got Windows. And lately I'm kind of seeing the Windows platform as uh, it's a it's a good place to play games. It, it just is. It really is. It really is, yeah. No so, complaints here. Yeah. I'm not just saying that because I managed to build a pretty good PC for like $230 either. Yeah. I see, that's the thing. If you only have, you know, maybe 500 <laughs> tops for everything, go PC. You're yeah. going to be playing on it longer than anything else, probably. Yeah. So if that's, uh, that's their commitment, you know, to uh, keeping things uh, available on both the Xbox and the and the uh, Windows platform, uh, I think that's a strategy that's going to end up working for them uh, because it also eases them uh, into, you know, from generation to generation. Uh, and in backwards compatibility isn't really something that they have to think about because it just is there. Yeah, so. it's cooked in. So yeah, well, I'm all for this. Hmm. Yeah, I want to see who they get because 
this is going to be random uh, as hell because um, oh, yeah. I just noticed that um, the PC is the only quote-unquote modern platform to play Mortal Kombat 9 when I was looking for a way to play it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. Uh, and by the way, yeah. that, that version of Mortal Kombat 9 is excellent. So Yes. Yeah. So uh, you were going to say something, Chris? Uh, yeah, I was going to say it's going to be interesting to see who they're targeting because the Xbox brand is not strong in uh, Japan. Uh, no. And so the notion that... Well, they were spe- specifically talking about acquiring studios. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, they're essentially going to be sequestering them from the platforms that are big in Japan uh, as far as like PlayStation and Nintendo. Because mm. uh, that's where pretty much most of the Japanese games come out these days. Like, oh yeah, we're on... PlayStation, Nintendo, and uh, maybe PC. Hmm. Uh, well, for most, money hats solve a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. and it's one of Microsoft's specialties. So, yeah, yeah, we're still waiting to see how these uh, current acquisitions turn out, and it's going to definitely require them doing their research on studios. Yeah, I don't think we can really count the outer wilds, uh, outer worlds, as uh, an example yet, because uh, uh, I think still 2K. Yeah, that was still 2K. So, uh, but going forward, we'll have to see what happens with if they they have to really handle those studios a bit differently than they had before, uh, because it's uh, let's just say the relationship between Microsoft higher ups and their uh, studio staff was not exactly a very good one in the past. Um, yeah, it's sort of the the notion of you're the Halo studio. Yeah, that's all you will ever work on. It's not going to be kind to some of these other studios that are used to working on. Yeah, a variety of things. Yeah, or whatever they want to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we just saw a little teaser from uh, from Rare about their next game. Uh, it was called Everwild. Uh, don't know much about it, but oh, it kind of yeah. does show that uh, Rare is still doing stuff, and it's they're not going to be stuck with Sea of Thieves forever. Um, so that's that's a good no. plus. Yeah, we'll have to see what kind of game that is because it didn't. It's just like here's weird looking wildlife. Yeah. That's it. This is this is a thing we're working on. It will probably come out in three years, and maybe it'll change drastically between now and then. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, also for good news for Xbox Game Pass subscribers who uh, want to play some Final Fantasy games, they're getting a crap ton of them uh, showing up on the service. Yeah. Pretty much every non MMO from seven on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's going uh, 7, 8, 9, 10, 10, 2, 12, 13, Trilogy, and 15 are joining the service. And finally, there's going to be an Xbox One client for uh, Final Fantasy XIV. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So all of the Final Fantasies are showing up on, well, the modern, modern-ish ones are showing up on the Xbox platform. Uh, so whatever beef that uh, Square Enix and Microsoft had has apparently been buried. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and uh, not only that, we've got um, Final Fantasy XIV coming. Mm-hmm. I imagine that we're going to see a really aggressive launch on the Xbox One. Yeah. Um, probably something, and this is not anything that's come from Square Enix, but just from my own observations, I would look for something like a complete edition with a Heaven's Ward, Stormblood, and Shadowbringers for $40 or something to that effect. Yeah. But it's finally happening, and, um, you know, welcome aboard Xbox. You're going to love it. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, now if they'd only go back and do the like the older titles from one through uh, six, um, that'd that be nice. doesn't seem to be Square Enix's interest. Yeah, because <laughs> they released those first uh, three Dragon Quest games on Switch and not on PS4, yeah, or PC or anything, and it's like, you know, why people aren't necessarily jumping to buy Dragon Quest Eleven on Switch? It's because a bunch of them already owned it on PC or PS4, and all the extra stuff is exclusive to the Switch. Yeah. It's like no, even like paid DLC upgrade or anything like that. And Square's just weirdly uh, shit at their PR when it comes to mm-hmm. like supporting their classic games and such like this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like we're still waiting on the update for Final Fantasy VII on PS4 to fix the music bug. Yeah. Uh, uh, I did see a download in my notifications, so that may be yeah. in now. I looked at the notes for that, and it says it fixed an issue in the Golden Saucer. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So they're doing everything but the thing that people want that they've done on every other platform. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you guys have some of the greatest games ever made, and you guys are just fucking around here. Yeah. It's... Uh, like there's no reason that Crown Trigger isn't on the consoles. Hmm. Yeah, because uh, that game, uh, like the DS version, is the best version out there. Uh, port it and then print and all that, the money. Yeah, yeah, it's like mm-hmm. that has the best of the PS1 and the Super Nintendo versions without the uh, poor emulation on the PS1 version. Hmm. And it's like why catastrophic that input not, lag. <laughs> yeah, uh, just the the menu lag, and that's uh, PS1 version. It's like. Yeah, that's one of the best games ever made, yet you guys are refusing to release it anywhere but Steam. Yeah. And it's like they're doing that with all their other classic games. Like, there's no reason you can't put that stuff out. Yeah. Attach weird fucking prices like you do everything else. (laughs) Yeah. Like um, $14.29 for no apparent reason. Yeah, Dragon Quest 1 is 5 bucks, 2 is 7, and 3 is 10 bucks. It's like, okay. That's. Makes no sense, but that's Square Enix pricing for you. <laughs> and they're not the original games; they're phone ports from not the current phones. Yeah, old phone ports. Yeah, I can't even do like the uh, things that other uh, games have done. It's like here's new graphics and here's the old graphics. Yeah, toggle switch shouldn't be that hard. Yeah, you're going to pay extra for that. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be a fifteen dollar DLC. Yeah. Mm. Or or they're just waiting for the Dragon Quest collection that they're going to sell later to have all that stuff in there so that they can mm-hmm. charge you twice. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, anyways, let's move on to some Capcom news. Uh, Mega Man Zero ZX Legacy Collection has been delayed. Uh, February 2020 now. Uh, these are games I actually never played. So, yeah. I'm, um, They've been um, handheld exclusive up to now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that'll be a third Mega Man Legacy collection. I've got the other two. Uh, hey, Square, maybe you should uh, hire Capcom to do Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest collections. Yeah. Yeah. Digital Eclipse. They seem to know what they're doing. I don't think they're involved in these anymore. No? They did that first Mega Man Lex- Legacy collection, and I think uh, from what Frank Cifaldi and them said, is like they saw how we did it, and it's like, all right, we can do it ourselves. <laughs> Screw you. <laughs> that's that's kind of yeah, that's kind of skeezy there, Capcom. Yeah. Mm. But, yeah. Uh, another Capcom news. Uh, Capcom Cup finals are tonight, and uh, Ono has uh, been uh, tweeting up a storm lately. 
So, uh... Probably getting some character reveals. Yeah. You think we'll get a Street Fighter V 3.0? We can only hope. But I think that's going to be a Capcom Cup Finals thing. Yeah. Like World Finals. Yeah, we'll see. Right. Uh, yeah, the game needs... That is a game that needs a an adrenaline shot. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they've... Uh... And given the way that the market is kind of shaped out as far as fighting games and just general uh, sentiment towards monetization, Capcom really needs to just just pull that all of that stuff out. Uh, they put their eggs in the wrong basket. Yeah, they really did. Uh, so we'll see if they end up doing that. Or maybe they'll announce Darkstalkers or who knows. But I would expect that to also be a Capcom Cup thing. Yeah, the, the World Finals, yeah. Yeah. Mm. One can only hope. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that season pass for Samurai Showdown, uh, if you grabbed it free, is paying dividends. Uh, Kazuki Kazama. Samurai Showdown 2. Yep. Uh, coming out Monday. So this is he'll the, be an interesting character. Yeah, third? Third so far that they've released? I think fourth. Fourth, yeah. Because we got Rimaruru, we got Basara, we got... Oh, who else did we get? I'm pretty sure we've got three characters so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, and if you haven't played Samurai Showdown, the the latest one, do it. And yeah, if you like fighting <laughs> games, do yourself a favor, do it. It is really, really good. Uh, Would you say that it's uh, safe to call it the most consistently solid fighting game going right now? I, I think so. It's uh, I mean, so at least much, until the new Guilty Gear comes out. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But what I'm, what I really love about this new Samurai Showdown is, it is very much a game about instinct. Yes. Uh, there are okay. It's got it's got systems in place, and uh, it's got uh, several different mechanics. Uh, but it's a game that. It really, really shines uh, when you start playing the, the head game. And I don't know if that's making sense, but it, it's like you don't flowchart this game; you just feel your way through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, which is pretty much one of Neo G's biggest hallmarks. Yeah. So yeah, give that a look. Uh, other fighting game news. Uh, Upgrade Path was announced for uh, uh, Undernight in Birth EXE latest owners. Yeah, um, basically you can get Uniclear when it comes out at a discount. We don't know exactly what that discounted price is just yet, but um, this is definitely an Arc System Works move. Mm. Yeah. Because they've they've done a great job of doing this with Guilty Gear and... Hopefully, um, they can utilize Undernight to make this a real trend as well. Yeah, this is a this is one of those very niche games that has it's starting to get some traction here in North America now. Uh, I'm seeing a lot more people on uh, YouTube playing it. Uh, yep. So yeah, there's there's some good stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, French bread has been one of the best kept secrets in the fighting genre for years. Yeah. Huh? So, uh, <clears throat> next up, Sega Ages Fantasy Zone details. Yeah, um, this is interesting. I mean, we know what to expect from M2 at this point. Oh yeah, and they just they just continue delivering. They've done it again. Um, Fantasy Zone is 
one of the simpler and earlier Sega Sega titles. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely not easy, though. Yeah, and all of the content that M2 is shoving into it from um, extra bosses to extra modes. Uh, and we've got the the complete rundown in the show notes, but mm-hmm. this is the kind of thing that we've come to expect from M2. And even though I'm not the biggest Fantasy Zone guy, I might have to pick it up just for everything that they've done with it. Yeah. I mean, we've mentioned, I mean, at least I have on the show that uh, the folks at M2 are crazy people. Yes. Um, but especially when it can, you remember Fantasy Zone 2, they they did, these guys are insane when it came to, uh, they apparently really like their Fantasy Zones. Uh, sure. Because there was no arcade version of Fantasy Zone 2 until no. M2 uh, decided to take a Fantasy Zone 1 motherboard, modify it, uh, add more RAM, and then reverse port the Master System version to the arcade, and then port that back to the Fantasy Zone collection. Wow. Mm. Yes, they're crazy people. And oh yeah, that's what I love about them. It's just that that dedication and complete disregard for practicality. Yep. Mm. Also, let's check out their Shot Trigger games. They're great. Mm-hmm. If you like your obscure shooters, uh, yeah, you need to check those out. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Uh, so in fact, let's get on to uh, an epic sub- surprise launch of uh, Battle Breakers. Uh, mm-hmm. This was something that they launched a couple of years back, but nobody paid any attention to it because Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this week they've launched it in earnest. Uh, and uh, yeah, it looks kind of looks kind of rad. It's uh, uh, one of those hero-collecting RPGs. Um, you've seen these on mobile a lot. And, uh, yeah, you're going to be able to play this on mobile, but it's also going to be available on uh, PC as well. Uh-huh. Through the Epic Game Store, of course. Uh, and given the, like, 80s-inspired trailer that I saw for it, it's like, yeah, okay, I'm uh, just going to kind of... Yep. Yeah. Uh, and it's nice to see Epic doing something that's not Fortnite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is true. Yeah. Now, if only uh, they could get Unreal Tournament off the ground again. Yeah, or make oh. a proper Unreal game. Yeah. yeah I mean, Cliffy kind of B do. isn't doing anything these days. Other than tweeting ridiculous things, yeah. <laughs> mm. can, can we just, like, agree that Twitter is, like, the worst thing that's ever happened to people? Yeah, it is. It kind of is, yeah. yeah. Burn it to the ground. Mm. Uh, Salt the earth. Yeah, <laughs> Jimmy Wales is trying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next up, we've got what could potentially be good news. Yeah, uh, really good news. Basically, uh, people at Bioware kind of realize that they really, really botched the Anthem project, and so basically, what they've decided to do is they're gonna kind of go back to the drawing board and relaunch it. Um, and what I'm hearing is comparisons to the latest Destiny 2 expansion, mm. which, for those of you who haven't played it, uh, basically made Destiny 2 worth playing. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, they're, Getting out the, Yoshida on speed dial. <laughs> um, they're basically going to... Oh, they're going to boo a few different things. Um, let's see, what are they going to do? Um, 
Well, they're they're considering be... shrinking down, uh, like splitting the big world into sections. So that's yeah. one thing that could happen. Which it actually would be a good idea because otherwise it, the game can be very laggy. Mm. Um, they're also, let's see, amongst other things, um, they're also going to be changing up the monetization stuff a bit. Yeah. Um, also, uh, just as an aside, the new Mass Effect is in early development, so... Yeah, they just kind of threw that in there. It's like... Yeah, uh, it's like, hey, we hadn't forgotten about that. And also, they're still doing uh, the new Dragon Age as well. Yeah. Yeah, what, but, they, uh, what they haven't really announced is how this update is going to happen, whether they're going to do, like... Like uh, a patch, yeah. or if it's going to be, like, an expansion on its own, or if they're just going to release a whole new... Thing and call it Anthem 2.0. And charge people for that. But yeah, Anthem or Realm Reborn. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, honestly which, don't see them doing that, to be honest. No. At this point, I mean, they kind of need to hold on to as much goodwill as little as they still have. Yeah. Uh, so it would be really good if they just decided to just deliver it as one big patch. Yeah. Um, or an expansion mm-hmm. at a much smaller price than the base game. Yeah. Is I'd be more than willing to, you know, put down twenty or thirty dollars if I have to, yeah. um, because I do like Anthem's universe, and I did genuinely like what I played when I played it, and I want to support Bioware in this game. So, yeah, make me want to love you, with Bioware. <laughs> yeah, bumping javelins. Yeah, bumping javelins. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's kind of. A- it's an interesting thing to note what we're hearing coming out of Bioware. And then you take into consideration uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and even the new Need for Speed, which didn't come out with any microtransactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm wondering if maybe EA isn't starting to see where the wind is blowing at this point. Yeah, no. I sure hope so. Mm. No, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I uh, do not have enough faith in EA to be that smart. Yeah. Yeah. I got more faith in EA than I do in Activision. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, then again, that's like comparing, well, dog shit to dog vomit, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. I mean, there's a good chance the dog vomit was dog shit at one point. So. Oh, Jesus Christ. Leaving that one alone. Yeah, let's not go down this <laughs> rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> and the analogy works. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the, that's the sad part. Is it does. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got uh, Path of Exile coming to mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, quote, without the bullshit trends. Uh, this is a, well, an interesting move for uh, yeah, for them because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a free-to-play game for one thing. They could try yep. to nickel and dime you, but they're just going to do the monetization pretty much like they did on the PC. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's uh, an interesting thing. Uh, I, I don't know. It's better than, uh, don't any of you guys have phones? Uh, yeah, <laughs> that went well, that went over really well. Uh, it, it was, uh, fun to see the reaction to this at, uh, their, at their con because, uh, it was like 100% polar opposite to what Blizzard got. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. Uh, there was also the announcement of Path of Exile 2. Uh, although this one's was a bit interesting in that they're not uh, considering doing a full standalone game, 
they're considering just doing an in-place upgrade of uh, the original Path of Exile. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what I read is they're doing another launcher for this, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you'll be able to import the the skins and such you've gotten and the the, ta- the stash upgrades and all that you've purchased yeah. over, as well as maybe have the campaign stuff from the original. Yeah. Uh, it's still a bit weird the way they're announcing this. Yeah. It's, so it's not 100% clear like, exactly what's this is going to be. Yeah, I, I don't think even they're con- completely clear as to what they're going to do yet. Uh, I think it's still a little early. But, yeah, that's... Yeah, Path of Exile is one of those games that... Uh, Okay, on the consoles, it's it's okay, but it's not that great. Uh, on the PC, it plays a lot better. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, on mobile, I don't know. Will it play pretty well? Well, touchscreen controls will probably work okay for a game like this, to be honest. So, mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, I'm trying to pick up specific stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and there's a, probably a Zoom option, so maybe that would help. Yeah. Uh, and finally, uh, John Carmack is stepping down as his uh, from his CTO role of Oculus. Oh. Uh, he's going to be in as a consulting technical officer over over there, which means he's going to work from home when he feels like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and he's uh, going to pursue his uh, well next project, which is uh, artificial general intelligence. Oh, so he's going to make Skynet. Yeah. So um, yeah. Yeah. He's like the last person I want making this kind of AI, which would be able to potentially like reprogram itself. Yeah, because he's he, the one who he actually could pull it off. <laughs> and he doesn't exactly seem like the type of programmer that has ethics in mind with what he's doing. Uh, like the downside of what he could be doing. I don't know. It's... It's weird. There's a lot of people who are very, very scared of what artificial general intelligence could bring. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's uh, others like you know Ray Kurzweil who thinks, yeah, this is going to be really great. You know, we're going to have uh, computers that think like humans. And I don't know if you've noticed, but humans are freaking crazy. Yeah, they're fucking dangerous. <laughs> These AIs need to be three rules compliant. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's um, going to be very interesting to follow. Uh, the moment if it, the moment the robots start asking you if they have a soul is the moment to shut it all down. Yeah. Of course, if the AI wakes up and is like, hey, I want to play Doom, then, then we're good. Yeah. yeah I think <laughs> let them run Doom. That would be, yeah, the AI could run Doom. I, I, I'm pretty sure it would also run right through it. <laughs> Yeah. So I just wanted to end with that because, uh, you know, Carmack has been a longtime figure in the gaming industry over the past mm-hmm. few years. He's kind of been doing this thing over at Oculus. And uh, I'm, I'm getting the sense that Facebook has just kind of lost interest in Oculus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. <clears throat> they're really not pushing it as hard as they They're going to have to spin it off. Yeah. Uh, and you know, given the the sentiment around Facebook lately, I think he might actually just want to distance himself from that company entirely. Um, yeah. So we'll see. It'd be really nice if Carmack would just you know go back to Ed, but yeah, that's yeah. not going to happen. <laughs> not, not not the way he left guys. last time. Yeah. Nope. Which yeah. is caused a big huge suit between yeah. Oculus and Bethesda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But or Zenimax. <laughs> Mostly. 
All right, I think we'll end it there, folks. Uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, joining us on the show. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, you can do so at anchor.fm slash dayzeroupdate. Yeah. Uh, you can also leave us a message there. Uh, go over, hit the button, record your message, and we'll get it. Uh, also, check out smashpad.com, where we're going to have some uh, more written reviews coming soon, including uh, Death Stranding and PC Building Simulator and possibly other stuff that we don't even know about yet. Uh, yep. So for uh, Patrick Mifflin, Brandon Perkins, Chris Ologi, and Teresa Sammons, I'm Filippo Donolfo, and we'll see you next week.